Daniel Ramsey here, my out desk. I'm really excited because today I have a special guest, Marin Kate. She's the founder of Zertral and she's actually got a new startup, 100% focused on finding and attracting talent. So we've got a weird one for you, a virtual founder and a virtual founder coming together to share some love and knowledge and wisdom. Marin, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. So you're kind of a pioneer. I mean, back in 2011, nobody was really hiring virtual assistants. It was new. How did you like, what were the topics or the things that like you wrote about that people were just super fascinated and even to this day still come to you for, for questions about virtual teams? I mean, I think the thing that was interesting was that I started my first business when I was in college and then my early twenties building businesses and didn't have a lot of money. So I had to figure out, didn't have any money. I had to figure out <laughs> ways to build businesses and get revenue really fast and get the help I could affordably. So right. talking about that, trying to be really authentic and explaining, Hey, this is what I did. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. You also got to remember, geez, when I started my blog 11 years ago, there weren't as many people blogging. So you didn't, you know, you could kind of get away with just like randomly writing up your thoughts and not editing them and just posting them out there into the universe. Right. And have you always been that kind of like an authentic share, like as long as you've been building businesses? Um, I've always trended towards oversharing for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say when I haven't and when I've tried to be more, kind of PRE, it has not worked as well. I think some of the biggest failures I've had have usually had to do with me keeping things in and not feeling like I could or should share and trying to fix everything in my own head versus just asking for help or being like, hey, I'm really afraid about this. So now I kind of embrace that radical transparency. Sure. And it's transformed you as a leader, I'm guessing. Yeah. And it's also just made me like a more enjoyable person to like, you know, I have to live inside my head. So I want to at least be happy there. So yeah, Yeah. it just made me a lot chiller. It's like, eh. Uh, That's cool. So talk about like, what are the biggest challenges that you've overcome or helped clients overcome when it comes to running virtual teams? I want to be clear. Your ninja skill is how many businesses you kind of reached into and then help them outsource some portion of their business. So that's, that's a, that's a, that, that's like you're LeBron on the court and you're doing something that's cool. So what are some of the tricks or tips or things that you've helped people overcome to have success with virtual assistants? Well, I think the biggest thing there's, there's kind of two, it's like, if you already have a business and you're starting to grow it, it's figuring out, do you want to do the traditional paths and go in-house somewhere? Or do you want to think about creating a fully or partially distributed team? And then if you're a solopreneur, it's figuring out what is your time actually worth and what can your time be worth? And if you're going to delegate and spend money delegating into different people to do things you're currently doing, you know, what are you absolutely best at? What are you not great at? And what don't you enjoy? So there's kind of two paths. There's like the solo entrepreneur figuring out how to leverage other people's time so they can grow their business um, and like what they do more. And then there's the business person thinking, I need to grow my team of three into a team of 30 in the next few years. Do I want to do that in Manhattan or in Chattanooga, Tennessee and be, you know, stuck in that, that you're, you 
there's only so many people you can recruit for, or do I want to take the harder, earlier path? And I think it's easier as you grow. What are some of the like benefits of having virtual assistants and, and having like a dispersed team, like from your perspective, what have you seen? Cause how many people yeah. have you actually helped do this? Are you talking thousands, tens of thousands? Like what do you, as you've gone, what you're like 10, 15 years into this, what's been your experience and how many pe- people have you helped do this? I would say it's got to be anywhere between five and 10,000 over obviously the different companies that we helped and people we helped at Zirtual, my company now offer talent and then the various consulting I've done. Well, first, I think the most important thing is figuring out is distributed team, is a remote team, is that something that I want to do and is it something my company can do? Um, if you, some people do not work well, uh, remote is autonomous. It can be lonely. There's a lot of extreme ownership. You can't just like tap someone next to you and say, Hey, let's brainstorm this. It's a lot more structured, but it also offers a lot more freedom. So once you figure that aspect out, if that's something that does resonate with you, what having a distributed team, what using virtual assistant allows you to do is it allows you to really leverage yourself in your time. The thing that that made virtual assistants delegating distributed work the most magical for me was that I wasn't some, you know, I wasn't a rocket scientist. And I always kind of felt bad because there were all these things I wanted to do, all these ideas I had, but I couldn't do X, Y, and Z to make them happen. So being able to hire other people, it's, it's all about, what are you really, really good at? And the beauty of remote work is you can find the people who are best in the world in marketing, in copywriting, in administrative, and then you can spend more time figuring out what am I really, really good at. If I'm thinking about going virtual or distributed, like having a partially distributed team or even a fully, Mm -hmm. what are some of the challenge points in that? you have to spend a lot of time building the foundation for it. You have to get really good at being able to clearly communicate, uh, clearly assign tasks. You can't just rely on the ease of being around people and things just kind of getting done. Yep. That's challenging. Um, well, well let's, able- let's handle that. How do you yeah. do that? I mean, like, like you, you've been, you've done this for five, 10,000 people. How do you delegate when they're not sitting right there? Yeah. So I have a, a framework that we always use. It has a super simple goal of what the goal of the task or project is. It has the why behind it. So like Simon Sinek's book, start with why yep. almost more aspirational you know, the goal might be create a PowerPoint deck for my, one of my assistants, but the, the aspiration, the why is because I'm presenting in front of 200 entrepreneurs and this is going to help them improve their own hiring that will positively impact people's lives. And then you have specifics, very specific. This is when it's due. This is what success looks like. These are the three points that you should come back and ask me for feedback. So creating that assignment loop, is incredibly important and then sticking to it. Documenting everything is another really important part. Like we use Asana religiously at my company now and it allows us to responsibility and who that responsible party is, even if it's something super small. Um, So that's that's the over communication aspect. That's the document aspect. 
how do you talk with your person when they're not in your office, like right here? What is your preferred like communication platform other than? So we, yep, we use email for uh, larger things. We use Slack a lot for quick, uh, you know, communications, which is like a messaging platform. Um, a shared messaging platform. And then we document all of our processes. So if anything ever needs to be done more than once, we use Google Docs. We have a really detailed Google Drive with all the sub folders. Mm -hmm. And we just have documents made and processes. And if it's ever going to be done more than once, we process, we create the process, and then we continue to edit it. We put who edited it, the date stamp, and it allows us to have all these living docs that are growing and evolving. And then it also allows a lot of ownership of this is who touched what, this is why these decisions were made. I love that. I think that's great. And I'm actually going to write that down. That's interesting. What are some of your favorite interviewing questions? You've interviewed and hired, you know, lots of people. So yeah. give me one of your favorite questions that is just like awesome for pulling out best, the best talent. I mean, again, it really depends on the role, but I would say, one of the things I love for anyone who's product related is tell me about uh, a tool you used recently. What do you love about it and what don't you? And a really good product person will get super excited about one tool and explain and they'll like break it down and be like, tell me about a tool you hate. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I use this. And then we'll say, how would you, if you were the product person, how would you make it different? Great product person can just talk on that. A mediocre one will be like, blah. Another question I love to ask is, what is something um, you learned recently that I probably wouldn't know? And it not only makes them think, but it also is a good way to understand how curious someone is. Like a curious person will have really weird, random thought things that they learned recently. And it's also super fun for the interviewer. It's really engaging. Um, And then another one that I love, which people are mixed on, is what would the person who likes you least in the world say about you? I used to ask this at Zirtual, and I really enjoy watching people's authenticity there. Um, and and having to, it's just like a, it's a BS filter. If someone's like, oh no, everybody likes me. You're like, either you're unaware or you're lying. But when people actually really think through it, it's, it's really interesting. I also like at people what they're weakest at professionally. I like asking them what they're not interested in doing anymore at this stage in their their career, which is really telling on like, you know, if you're getting a manager, they may not do calendaring anymore. And it's good for them to just kind of say that. So right. those are some of them. I love it. We, we, I was just talking to a other CEO last Friday and we're both, you know, growing companies and we're talking about uh, sales reps and he's like, man, I can't get a sales rep to prospect to save my life. They come in and they interview And they say they love prospecting. And then within three months, I'm asking them, why aren't you prospecting? And so I'll tell tell you what to tell your friend to do. We do this with our sourcing team. One of our final tests is saying, this is really high level. This is what our person looks like. Go find me 25 of them. I'll pay you blank that or 50 of them. And then don't give them any other instructions. But great people will come back with this beautiful Excel drop down, blah, 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 or have really specific follow-ups. The crappy ones will just not do it or put like no work into it or hem and haw. And it immediately sorts the wheat from the chaff. So break that down, like give them 50 people to prospect in the interview process. Give them 
say, this is my persona. This is what I'm looking for. Go find me those people. And by the way, I want you to find me those people in a way that if you were doing the job right now and I'm your CEO, how would you present it to me? Great people would be like name, email, number, boom, boom, boom. Here's your drop down. We do that. Um, that's one of the ways we hire operational assistants at our company is I will give, I'll pay them for a small test task, like $25 or something. Say, mm -hmm. find me like 10 conferences that I could speak at. I give them my portfolio. I give them links and provide me all the information. They put it together and then I have someone else stitch it. And not only is it work that I can actually use, but it really lets the stars shine. That's interesting. And it doesn't matter around their background. All that matters is can they do the work? And you're giving them situational tests right then and there and seeing how, and, and do you walk away and wait an hour or what do you do? Or you come back? And oh, no, I just say, be sure to get it back to us in three business days if you want to still be considered. And if they don't, do we don't consider them. And if they do, they're either crap or they're really, really good. <laughs> and we use and the really good the stuff. Job. And yeah, I mean, I literally used that in a recruiting funnel last December and I have speaking engagements twice a month every month this year through the end of the year. And that, and I, we probably paid $200 in these test task fees and we got two phenomenal operations assistants and got me booked out with all this stuff. So it's like killing multiple birds. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. I always like to add um, one, last, one last crazy question in your whole world of outsourcing. What's the craziest thing somebody's asked you to help them outsource? that's legal. Yes. We've had to say no. <laughs> um, oh, the craziest one was a guy let, he had bought really crazy, hard to get impossible tickets to a Vegas show for his 20th wedding anniversary. He flew to Vegas with his wife. They were two hours from the show being starting and he realized that he left them in his loft kitchen in san francisco and we somehow figured out a way to like legally get someone to break into this guy's house he had to sign all these forms get them and i forgot what it was but he actually made it to the show and it was like this joint effort of all these people running together and somehow it happened so that's funny i love it man I, that happened to me actually i was um i was in napa and my wife was about to go to costa rica for like a yoga thing and mm -hmm. I had accidentally taken our passports because we just got back from Mexico and they yeah. were in my backpack. So we, she's like freaking out and I'm like, babe, just go on some, you know, like in, in her case, she went in like a local community group and she offered somebody $150 to drive two hours to Napa and two hours back. And then all the passports are home. So the Ubering too, I've, we've definitely done that back in the day where we would hand something to someone and they would Uber it like four hours to Sacramento. And you're like, Hey, it got there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, money solves all problems. Yeah, the is. world is transforming. Marin, thanks for your time today. You've been amazing. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. We had Marin Cates on, uh, the founder of Avra, a new talent sourcing solution where they have a five discipline approach to finding top talent. Again, thanks for your time today. And we loved having you on the show. Thanks so much.